Welcome to the Post Ride Cafe with your hosts, Sam and Aaron. The podcast all about cycling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. Welcome to episode 38. What's up, dude? Uh, my foot, dude. I'm trying to keep it elevated. <laughs> I bet, man. That thing looks gnarly. Yeah. Uh, this this is why I stick to biking, because uh, everything Walk. else hurts me, I guess. Walking is too ha- hazardly. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get into that, let's uh, just recap. Today, we're going to talk about um, the World Championships. Mm-hmm. Those happened this weekend. And then also, we have some Giro starts next weekend, and we have two Classics. You know, those September, October classics that everyone's expecting. We've yeah. got La Fleche Alone and Liège, Bastogne Liège. Should be pretty sweet. Dude, we're getting into a pretty cool part of the calendar. Well, before we get into that, how can people get a hold of us? Yeah, they can reach us uh, at Post Ride Cafe on Twitter and at Post Ride Cafe on Instagram. Awesome. Well, let's get into our Strava Stats of the Week. Stats, man. Yes. Crushing the stats game over here. 22 miles, 1,900 feet. Pretty good, dude. I, I tried to beat you in just uh, miles on foot, uh, you know, that you do on the bike. Yeah. Well, like we talked about, I got a wedding in two weeks, had a crazy busy weekend running. I had to dig a 220-foot trench from my house to my horses and run water and electric. So pretty busy weekend. I was really hoping I could have squeezed in a ride on Sunday before uh, my father-in-law woke up, but... When I woke up, I was super sore, and I just did not feel like getting out of bed. So did not ride on Sunday, but I did ride one day, and I did some climbing. So it was nice. Yeah, I was like, it's good climbing for you for one day. That's right. All right, what are your stats, man? Uh, 94 miles and 2,700 feet on the bike, and uh, 18.3 and 5,200 feet, uh, mix of hiking and trail running. Awesome. Well, let's get into ride of the week real quick for me. Had that one ride, I was like, man... I'm not getting a lot of rides in, and so how do I make the most of it? My climbing has been atrocious. I'm pretty embarrassed. And I was like, I'm going to go do some climbing. So I took my bike to work and went to South Mountain and did a few laps of San Juan to Telegraph Pass segment on South Mountain. So basically that first section of climbing before it dips around that V going into that one middle section, which I always thought was Telegraph Pass. I don't know what that damn segment's called, but... Uh, I don't know. Nonetheless, just that first section of climbing before it dips. So, yeah, not bad. Uh, it was still hot. I think it was 102 or something when I got there. Oh, forget that. But after the first lap, like, it cooled off. And the sun started to go down. It was really nice. Um, ended up on my second lap catching somebody. This girl was going up that last little climb before the finish mm-hmm. of San Juan on that very first out. Passed her, came back down. And then I'm climbing up the backside, and then she passed me. <laughs> so <laughs> she was uh, definitely uh, pretty good. So she had um, just crushed it. So she, she whooped on me. But, no, it was nice. I, I really was, like, doing a lot of threshold. So I was probably averaging mid-160s in a heart rate. So I wanted to put in a good effort. I knew I'm not going to be riding much, so I want to make the most of the miles that I do get in. Yeah, for sure. So pretty good overall. Obviously, it wasn't setting any PRs, but I want to make sure I'm, I'm working out. It was nice. Yeah, sounds good, man. Uh, so I'm trying to remember if this was this week now, now, but I'm pretty sure it was. The the day that it rained? Yeah. Was that this week? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I'm going to throw that as my ride of the week. I thought, I, I thought it might have been a, a hike of the week. Well, I mean, so there was the hike real quick. Was training a bit to go do Humphreys. I did knock uh, eight minutes exactly off my PR. And still complained. Well, I mean, I wanted 10, so <laughs> I mean, you got to you got to shoot for 10 to get eight, yeah. but I wanted 10, but yeah, I rolled my ankle coming down nearly at the top. So I, it was really bad. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. yeah. Looking at his foot, it's like the whole, the left side and the right side or inside and outside of his, of his ankle is just totally black and blue. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, oh, well, I guess. But the I thought the cool thing about the the ride was one it was in the rain I don't know like just normally not my thing because you know I was like I want these clean perfect roads but it was just like 
you get out there and it was kind of cool. Like I was doing hill repeats and right, you have to hop a fence. It's a short fence uh, into this like fancy neighborhood. And right as I hop the fence, put my bike over there, rain starts coming down. And there's just nice. like, I was already kind of committed to, to doing it. Yeah. And so I ended up, I don't even know, doing it six passes or something of the hills over there. And it like started to dry out and then downpour again. And I just got blasted there and I was just covered. But it was fun. I love it. That's my kind of ride right there. I know. I was like, that. that's your like bread and butter. But for me, I was just like, ah. And then it's kind of twisty, so I was like taking the the turns kind of gingerly, like because it. That's the part that I don't like, but because it goes down, you know, negative twelve, and it's not a a long descent, so it, and then there's a curve, and uh, it is the the one nice thing is you know you're not probably supposed to be in that neighborhood, but there's like pretty much zero traffic. Yeah. So it's it's your own thing. There was another guy out there riding, and somebody was hiking. Or just like kind of walking the they weren't the hills. their ankle or anything. No, they knew what they were doing. Got it. But yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, no, the, I'm definitely bummed I missed that one. It, you know, when I was at work that day, I saw that you had posted about rain, and I'm like, no rain over here, dude. It was downpour. That's awesome. Well, sad I missed it. I love riding in the rain. Well, let's get into some cycling news before we get into World Championships. We got a couple more um, transfers to talk about. So. Big one, I think, uh, Mulberger left Bora and signed for Movistar. I, I, I don't get this one at all. I don't know what the benefit of going to Movistar is. They don't have a clear rider. I guess you could say Enrique Moss is fine in Solaire, but you know, if I'm a domestique, I want to ride for somebody that I know can win, in a sense. Yeah, it's odd, too. I mean, I know it's always not like, you know, nationalities stay in the same thing, but, you know, the Bora's building up this kind of very German team, and it would make sense for him to be there. Yeah. I know they're also signing a lot of people, so there's a limited amount of space. But Movistar just doesn't seem like the the right spot for a rider like that. You would go on maybe like Lotto, Sudal, or something like that, and, and kind of be a one-day stage, or like a stage racer or something, kind of like a Wellens or something, Yeah, I think would fit. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if he's getting more opportunity to kind of ride for himself because I don't foresee, as we'll discuss maybe later, like, actually we probably won't, but looking at the Giro lineups, I don't know what the heck Movistar is doing there. So Oh, no. It's... You know, it just seems weird because if Mulberger, I see him more as a domestique, and so if he's going to continue on that path, I don't know what he's going to do at Movistar. So I'm hoping he has a chance to do something for himself. I would think so. I I. No worries, it's just my dog. We'll, we'll be all right. All right. I can I can edit this out. No, who knows? It'll just be some dogs barking in the back. Continue. Uh, <laughs> I think, though, he's going to have more opportunities, and that was probably a, a big reason for him leaving the team. Yeah, totally fair. Well, we'll see how that develops. I think it was, what, a three-year deal? Yeah. I was going to say, though, the opposite of opportunities. All the riders that Ineos just signed. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole bunch of people who are going to be doing domestique work and nothing else. So, yeah, they've officially signed Lawrence Deplus. We knew that was coming. There were strong rumors of Richie Port. Now that's mm -hmm. official. And then the new British sensation Thomas Pitcock. He is officially signed with Ineos. No one's surprised. No. But this last one blew me. I baffled me. Blindsided me. Danny, Danny Martinez. Martinez, man. Yeah. Well, I heard he was under contract. He is, yeah. You have a little insight onto possibly what happened there. Yeah, I had kind of seen or read a little bit of just that the parent company for EF uh, Cannondale, um, the Education First, wasn't doing so well. So they kind of looks like they're in need of money as a as a team. So it, a possibility is Ineos bought out the contract and they're using that extra money to kind of sustain the team, which yeah. is a bummer, but it, it makes sense. You yeah. know, it, it sucks to lose a really young, really promising rider. Um, Especially to go to a black hole where there's going to be zero opportunity. Yeah, so that kind of stinks for him, but 
I don't know. If, I mean, the only potential good thing of, of Enios is that they are in a bit of transition. So if you can push yourself to the top in this time, you can maybe take, you know, one of those top three spots where yeah. you'll get a grand tour. You're not going to get the tour, but you'll get a grand tour. So I think that's. I mean, with Pitcock, he's going to win all three next year. So there's not going to be room for anybody. Yeah, I mean, they just super domestique after super domestique. That's just what they do, man. Yeah, we'll see how that develops. I, I like Andy Martinez. Again, I don't think he's going to be current form, like one of those guys that's going to compete for the Tour de France. So maybe he'll be happy out of Vuelta or, or Giro for opportunity. But I also don't know if Bernal is the choice right now considering how he showed up to the tour, whether that's an actual back issue is, is permanent or, or anything else. So I think Ineos is keeping their options open for next year, for sure. I think so. They have a lot of reason to go with uh, Carapaz at the tour next year. Yeah. Yeah, I I like Carapaz. I really like him, too. It's, it's one of those things where, like, Ineos is one of those teams that lots of people, they're really easy to hate. But there's always, like, one or two riders that you just like. You know, it's like... Kiwakoski is one of them. Well, I was like the two of them with their little Froome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Carapaz. You know, Froome for, like at the beginning, Froome wasn't all that exciting, but later on, Froome kind of grew on you. And you kind of learned to really appreciate him. Then he crashed, and everyone's kind of easy to cheer him on after that crash and, and coming back. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we shall see. But Carapaz is, is definitely my favorite rider on Ineos right now. I'm hoping he gets a fair shot at earning a spot in the tour for sure. Yeah. So, all right, well, any other transfer news that I missed or anything? No, I didn't really see too much. I was kind of going through it. I mean, there's the faux scandal of Dymro having whatever... Oh, yeah, I forgot about ...whatever that. drugs, which... That's true. That's a but then it story. kind of, at least at the moment, it was all, all for nothing is what it came... has come out to be, but... There's really no real or clear information, so... Yeah. Well, I thought one of the best analogies or, or comments someone made on Reddit was, you know, if Nairo's doping, he's doing a terrible job. Because, like, he's had flashes of brilliance, but a lot of times in all the tours he's won and the other tours that he's, um, you know, competed in, whether it's the Tour mm -hmm. de France or the Giro or the Volta, he's looked really bad and really good in the same race. You know, like, he doesn't have that consistent performance every single day where he's just above everybody. Like, yeah, I... It comes in flashes, and it, he just looks more realistic than some other riders who may be just knocking out of the park every single day. There's a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Let's get in the World Championships. <laughs> All right. World Championships. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the women's uh, individual time trial. I did not get to watch this, oh, and man. after hearing about it, I did not want to watch it. Oh, man. Such a bummer. Like, you're watching this... Everybody's going off, and everyone's waiting for uh, Chloe Deigert. Hasn't raced at all this season. Reigning champion. Yeah, reigning champion. Like, basically, she just does U.S. stuff, track, and world championships, like Olympics. That's it. And hadn't raced at all. She comes out crushing it. She, I think, ended up, she was about 14K to go and already 30 seconds up on everybody else who was already doing well. Yeah. And it, it was the, such the weirdest thing. I don't know, like, we didn't get to watch the clip together. I was, But she had just the oddest, like, wobble in her bike. Like, I mean, they're super stiff, the, the time trial bikes. So it's, it always looks weird, but it was just like this rigid and then this, this wobble, like, kind of a shudder, I guess, is usually what Carbon seems to more do. Like, it has a shudder, and then she tried to correct it, and then had a shudder again, and then just right over the the guardrail but it didn't even look like she was coming into the line badly like i don't i don't know if it ever saw like if there was a possibility that she had a flat tire or something like that seemed more realistic just because the way she just went into it yeah i wonder if it's one of those moments where we should like live watch like listen to me watch this video like as it happens i don't know but one of those youtube videos i mean we can yeah i don't know i i the way you describe it sounds to me like all right we got to watch it Oh, all right. Let's do this. We're gonna do this. Uh, they might have it on Tiz or uh, YouTube. A little Tiz plug. Yeah. Well, all right. We're doing this. All right. Let's see. Is it under classic? No. Um, 
sometimes they have like the crash. Uh, well, it would be this one. Well, I'm gonna like look for it. Uh, or should we just do? You think it'll be on YouTube? Probably. I mean, they're not gonna show like her knee yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you type in half her name and then it already comes up. Yeah, there we go. That's perfect. Oh, all right, here we go. Let's see if we can watch this. Oh boy, an ad. Soda stream, man. <laughs> I wanted to make my own soda stream. This is Nora. Oh, come on. A smart snoring solution that you want to have. All right, here we go. everybody at the official intermediate time check halfway through, and now she's on the second half of the course herself. Red Bull helmet. Yeah, she was crushing it. Looks like how good she's looking. Yeah. Also, from you know my maybe favorite state, Idaho, dude. That's where she lives. That's true. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how she doesn't do any pro racing at all, and then just only does certain events and just crushes seasoned pros. That oh, I bet this is coming up. Well, I mean, she did win. Was it her who won every stage at the Colorado Classic, the the women's yeah. race? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like, so she knows. I mean, there was good people there. It's yeah. I know. I think I remember watching the men's race, and they showed the. They're like, oh, this is where she crashed, and like, the corner does look pretty brutal. I just didn't pretty think technical. she. I didn't think she came into it badly. This is the only thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, here it is. So, see the, see the, and then it's just, ooh, ooh. It's that initial weird yeah, 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 yeah. shudder. Yeah, it didn't look like she, like, you know what I mean? Like, or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's not, you know, I'm not coming, they're coming in around the course much faster than I would, but sure. it didn't seem like no. one where you should crash on. Yeah. She looks like she took it pretty reasonably. I'm assuming they're going to show like a slow mo of that here pretty soon. Wow. That is, uh, oh, here we go. Let's fast forward here just a touch. See, she's coming into it. Slow mo. But it's just all over the place. Oof. Yeah, it doesn't even look... But see how weird that was? Like, yeah, it was a very weird crash. Huh. That's very interesting. I, I never have seen that yet. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Is like I, I saw a few small pictures of it, and it looks pretty bad, but that video looks pretty reasonable. It looks like she probably hit those rivets on the thing. But oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the crash was very interesting. I'm kind of curious to see what they kind of come up with, and you may not ever get an answer, but yeah, it definitely seems like a speed wobble, but not really. I've had speed wobbles. Have you ever had a speed wobble? Um, not in a while. It is awful. It's one of the scariest things you can experience on a bike. I remember I was going up down this climb, and it was like eight or nine percent, and um, over in Jomax, and two lanes, you know, one lane each side of the road, and I'm going down my side, and I start speed wobbling really bad, and I'm like veering left, right? Oh damn! And there's a car coming on the other side. And I'm like trying to hold it up and I'm like leaning way back and like just, I'd never, didn't know what was going on. I'd never experienced that before. And like eventually I stopped in the dirt on the other side of the road and like heart rate through the oh, roof. Yeah. Like guys slowed down obviously. And like I got to the bottom and I realized that my fork was a little loose, you know, so I, I tightened that back. Is up. that the one where you hurt your back because you like pulled so yeah. hard mm -hmm. to try to correct it? Uh, no, that was a different one. That's the one on 36th Street by Shade Tree. Yeah, but you, your wheel or your fork or the wheel was loose or something on that? Probably. Um, you know, it takes me a few times to learn my lesson. I no, guess. on the Shade Tree Hill, that one is nuts. So that's like 18% down, yeah. uh, downhill or 14%. And yeah, I kind of like got a little scared going to down and uh, the hill, and so I kind of braked a little bit, and I hit a little bit too much of my front brake, mm. and my back wheel came off the ground, 
and I leaned way back, and but I like panicked and like clenched up really tight, and I pulled a muscle in my back, and uh, that was rough. That hurt, but yeah, obviously I was lucky enough not to crash in either of those cases, but that speed wobble thing looked very similar, and I'm sure it felt awful. But yeah, just the way the buckling of the of the wheel and like it was it was odd all over the place. Yeah, I was almost the way you originally described it. I thought maybe it was resonant frequency and like. You know, you just hit this weird vibration frequency and just stuff goes out of control. And that's what I kind of thought it was. But honestly, I don't know. That was very unfortunate for her, for sure. Um, nasty way to end her. Yeah, her, I did see that it looks like she's sure. she's already doing better. That's good. You know, we were saying maybe maybe she's going to use Wilds Doctor. So. Dude, she definitely needs Wilds Doctor if she needs some surgery. I'm hoping that it's just a nasty cut and there's not a lot of permanent damage. Um, I haven't heard much about it. Mm. But yeah, that was kind of the, pretty much the only thing people were talking about in this time trial, unfortunately. And, you know, Amanda Vanderbregen won. Yeah, um, Anna Vanderbregen. Oh, Anna, sorry. It's all right. We can mix her with Amanda Spratt. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, Vanderbregen won. I don't, you know, I'm sure she was not really happy to win that way. Especially when it was very clear that she was not going to be winning. Oh, yeah. Um, but Tiger was only going to be getting gaining more and more time. Yeah, so very sad to see that. You know, Digert is just someone, like you said, she won every stage of the Colorado Classic. Like, she's very dominant at the races. She's very selective, but she crushes a lot of stuff. And so I think a lot of people were looking forward to seeing her. And hopefully she recovers quickly. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to the uh, men's time trial here. Pretty cool one to watch. Like, especially, I mean, it's, it's the same course, so it's not very like unique. a super interesting course yeah. in general. Um but I think it was just because we were coming in and there was a few riders that you really wanted to see what they could do. There was kind of a clear favorite just in a, in a way just because of current performances and, and that was Ghana. But I think the bigger thing was, you know, how was Wout going to do? How was Campanarts going to do? Uh, people like that. So it, it added a little bit more to it. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it last week. We... Decided that our favorites were Rohan Dennis, Philippe Pagana, and Wout Van Aert. Yeah. I mean, Wout Van Aert, just what he did in the tour and his breadth of skill set, it's a perfect course for him. Well, and he already beat Campenarts in the the Belgian time trial, which wasn't that long ago. So, Campenarts, I I would have to think he's changing his body a bit to be a GC rider. You know, we'll see how he does in the Giro, but he's definitely lost a few steps as in his time trialing ability. For sure. Yeah, I think, I actually thought the course was interesting for a time trial because it had, it was undulating. Yeah. And it was slightly uphill at the, you know, halfway and then slightly downhill on the back end. So there was just a lot of technicality going on as far as how you pace yourself, etc. There were those couple climbs where like, they were like, all right, you need to get out of the saddle. Like, well, and I think the headwind played a yeah. part of it too. It's like, you need to get out of the saddle, push through this headwind so that you can get back as quickly as possible in, into yeah. good wind. So I, I actually really liked the course as far as time trialing goes. It kind of gave you a little bit of everything. Um, there was some technical cornering, obviously, and then there was a little bit of climbing and wind and tailwind, and, you know, a little bit of everything. So I actually think it was a good course. And, and I actually thought that the last 10 riders or so were just very captivating because the different time checks you were seeing was just, Anyone can win. Everyone was really yeah. close. You know, all of a sudden, G comes across and he blows everyone out of the water. And then you see the couple guys behind him are like 10 seconds behind him, 15 seconds behind him. Yeah. You know, some of them are stronger on the descent part. You know, so there's a lot of, you don't know who's going to win. That's what made it really cool was, what I think the headwind and, and the pacing is is what made the big difference on, on a lot of this where... People were coming out out of nowhere where they had a bad first half, or yeah. you know, compared to some other people, and it's it's really hard to do. And I think that's when you're a good time trialist, you can figure that out. Like it's yeah. Well, I remember Cavagna was in the hot seat. You know, mm-hmm. he was in the lead, and they have just the one time check, and you see guys are 20 seconds down, 25 seconds down. Like oh no, they're not going to get there. And then all of a sudden, like they finish, and then they beat his time. Like yeah. they totally made up for it in the second half. And so yeah, it wasn't so straightforward where. You know, you see the same time checks and you kind of know, like, you're going to see this progression of either getting better or getting worse. Like, this was, like, different. And so I thought it was really interesting until the last couple of riders go. And then, yeah, 
you just kind of see the way they're writing, and it's just not even close. There's one guy, you know, Filippagana just was on a mission. Yeah, the first time check, he, I think he was like 30 seconds up, and you're like, all right, well, that's, that's what it is. And he looked unstoppable. I mean, he just was cranking out power all the time. Every time he saw him, he looked good on the bike. He looked comfortable, and I think the biggest difference, you know, Rohan Dennis did not perform as expected. He kind of shit the bed. He did, and one noticeable thing was in that last K, when they're inside the speedway, you watch Felipe Ghana and he's pedaling the entire time. And then you watch Rowan Dennis, and he's not pedaling around these little bends. Yeah. And, like, Ghana just straight power to the pedals the whole entire time. He never let up. Which is weird. I mean, maybe Dennis is just doesn't have it anymore or, or whatever, but that's all he really has to do as a rider now. Like, he, yeah. he gave up GC ambition, so you don't have to change your body in any way. Like, you can just be the time trialist that you want to be. Yeah. I think that's what he went on to the team for, and it, I don't know, it, he just doesn't seem like he has it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a weird season, so it's really tough. But yeah, I think overall, I think everyone had a feeling Ghana was going to win, and there was a yeah. reason he was the heavy favorite, and he clearly showed it. You know, obviously Ghana's the type of guy who can do prologues and stuff, and so people were, the only question mark was, these, this time trial's a little bit longer than what we're expecting of him. Not that 36K is a lot, but... He proved everyone wrong. Like he's here yeah. to do some power. Yeah. So Ghana got the win. Uh, Wout was second, and I think Kung was third. I want to say he was, which was actually a really good ride from him. Yeah. I was kind of talking crap about him when we were watching. Me and my uh, soon-to-be father-in-law were watching. I got I I suckered him into watching cycling at the end of the night <laughs> after we were done working, and uh, he really liked it. But I was kind of just telling him about the different riders, and I was like, Kung's awesome, but he just doesn't ever get there. Yeah. He actually did really well, so props to him. All right, so get into the women's road race here. Yeah. <sighs> kind of played out the way that a lot of these, especially the championships, play out. Um, I mean, everybody at least had something to talk about of the tracking shot, because that's, that's where it was at. I, did you see that? No. Oh, that's like the thing has been the tracking shot. So where they're going over that um, ridge... Oh, yeah, 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 that's a really cool shot. Yeah, so they did it even better in the women's race than oh, the really? men's race, and it was first, so, like, but I saw, like, on a few, it was on, like, Forbes and, like, different things of, like, all over the place, this tracking shot, and somebody, like, cross-posted it to, um, uh, like, a, like, a video camera, like, a movie video camera, you know, kind of subreddit for that, mm -hmm. and and people, like, they're like, oh, this this has to be on a, on wires or something. Like, you couldn't get... They're like, no, this was a helicopter just going across. And people are like, no, it has to be... Like, yeah. That's how good it was. Wow, I'll have to look it up. I didn't see it. I didn't get a chance to watch the race. I could only pick one. And so I did watch this. I just watched it later. Yeah, um, but there's a short video. We could watch it some at some point. We're not watching it live on the podcast. We've already done it once. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Kind of the only thing is, you know, you had put down here that it's it's kind of like how Cav was in, in his early days of you just know who the winner is going to be pretty much right away or just in a lot of these women's races, it's, it's about four, four or five riders or so that it's going to be one of them. And that's exactly how this was. There was a, a break off the front uh, and then uh, Van der went went off. Uh, Van Vluten was back with uh, Longo Borghini, and I'm trying to think who else was there. I don't remember. But it ended up being Van der Breggen goes off, and just that's it. 40K solos, and then, uh, then it's just Van Vluten and Longo Borghini on their own, and Van Vluten out sprints her. Yeah. I will say, super props to Van Vluten for being there creating a lot of that you know for a teammate well, yeah when i watched when i started watching it was you know there was a little bit of a break and so i was kind of clicking ahead because i only had a little bit of time and so i was clicking ahead clicking ahead and it was like 52k to go like the peloton's like two minutes behind the break and then i click and then all of a sudden van der Bregen's on her own and i was like what <laughs> but yeah. so i went back a little bit and yeah you see van Vlaten just attack super hard and like broken wrists who cares like she's yeah. going hard at it and like very impressive, and then she kind of makes the first selection. So there's only three or four riders, and then Vanderbreggen's like, "All right, see ya, I'm out of here," and makes her attack. And what's Van Vlaten gonna do? You know, she's not gonna 
No, it was it was perfect for the team. Yeah. Um, I will say the most disappointing thing was that sprint for second. Borghini tried closing the window a little aggressively. Oh, I didn't she see that actually. She was coming into her part. like she even bumped her elbow for a second there. Like it was pretty sloppy sprinting. I feel for, like she's she's just better. I mean, because she out sprinted her in um, the European Championships as well. So it's. I mean, you can get upset because. She was sitting on her wheel for 40K. What are you going to do? She did the same thing, though, in the, and I think in the European, Longo Borghini was, was sitting on the wheel. Yeah. And, like, I'd seen her do that same thing in a recent race. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just saw that sprint, and I just was kind of disappointed in, in Borghini's sprint. It looked a little dirty to me without being over the top, but it was like she kept inching kind of closer to her randomly. And, like, and, you know, Ben Vaughn's right on the on the fence, you know, so it's like we've had a lot of crashes recently with that, and that's been a big talking point. And so, you know, yeah, I just was not, I was kind of nervous watching that sprint because just to see her kind of move in and out like that, I was kind of getting a little worried. So I'm glad Ben Vaughn actually got second for that. Yeah. Dude, so uh, to, to segue into the, the men's race here, so as we were coming back from Flagstaff this morning, I got my bikes, uh, like the, the bikes are on the back of the car and everything like that, and we're in this. Uh, line with a coffee shop and uh, the guy's like oh like he just, we started to just chat and he's like super friendly guy and uh he was saying he's he's like oh like nice bikes or whatever you, you he's like or what? yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh he's like did you get to do some like riding out here and then i told him the whole foot story and i was like no like it's kind of oh at first i was like no and he's like did you just like bring him up for looks on the back and then i <laughs> I was like, no, like I rolled my ankle, like I couldn't do anything, and uh, and then he's like, dude, he's like, Van Art, and he's like, do you watch cycling? And I was like, he's all Van Art in the World Championships and stuff, and then so we start talking about that, yeah. And my buddy's like in the driver's seat, so we're just talking cycling across him, and he's like, I don't want to hear any of this. <laughs> it was pretty great. That's awesome. Uh, well, men's road race. I, I don't, you know, I never know how to feel about these races. I guess. It was enjoyable. I started watching with about 50 kilometers to go. Um, you had kind of mentioned that was a good starting point. And yeah. again, we finished up work late, and after dinner it was already like 9.30, and I needed to get up in the morning to do, well, I had to go to work. Uh, so I started watching with 50K to go, and yeah, I just don't think I really liked this course. I think that's my problem. I thought it was a cool race. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't have any problems with it at all. I thought it actually ended up pretty well, but... I just think courses like this can be a crapshoot, and we talked about this last year, well, yeah. last week, where it's either going to be ridden really hard or not super hard, and we kind of saw the not super hard until the end. Yeah, so we had a lot of we had a pretty big pack coming into the last lap. Yeah, so I mean, kind of what first happens. That's why I told you to start at a certain point because I didn't want to give anything away. Sure, of course. So Pochikar attacks around forty k or so. And he's holding some time, and yeah. he, he's pulling it out. I think he ends up 24 seconds or something was his biggest gap. But he held that for quite a while. Yeah. It uh, was like 15, almost 20K or something. Yeah. And you're like, Pochicard just going to fucking win right, yeah. af right <laughs> after he wins the Tour de France? Yeah. Yeah. He looked good, man. Like, well, I was kind of surprised. I was like, why are, is anyone letting him get away, you know? And, he looked good and like, but yeah, they didn't give him a super tight leash. I mean, Belgium looked great. Like yeah. they were on the front. Tige Benoit, he was doing some work. Was amazing. Like, great rider. I, I mean, I really like him, and I was kind of bummed he hasn't done a lot yet this season. That's obviously been weird, but I'm hoping for him later on the rest of this uh, calendar for these classics. But yeah, he looked excellent. I could see him doing really well in in maybe Flanders. Yeah. Well. I have to give credit where credit's due. GBA did some work. Dude, he did. Wow. When, when he's not writing for himself, he'll do work. Like, he if looked, he's in a group with others and he's trying to win, no work. Well, from what we heard was, Wild Van Aert was the, 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 the guy on their team. Like, yeah. We're working for him. And so he, he played his role. It's GBA, clear they were. He, um, he did it. And I'll, I'll give him very uh, high credit for that. I, I usually like to bust his balls. But yeah, GBA looked really good. What I really found really odd, and I don't know what your thoughts were, but I'm watching Pogachar and he's kind of running out of steam a little bit. And then I see Tom Dumoulin just rip off the Peloton and chase him down with yeah. ease. 
looked good. Yeah. So me being a huge Tom Dumoulin fan, <laughs> I was like, got up. I sat up on my seat and I was like, oh my God, is Tom Dumoulin going to win this thing? Because by then it was like on the last lap pretty yeah. much. And like, so there was just one climb left and then he could, you know, he was a really excellent time trialist. I mean, um, except for during the, in the time trial, the <laughs> yeah. he kind of fell apart, but he looked great in the first half. But anyway, I was like, dude, Tom Dumoulin's going to win this thing. What are the odds? No one would have picked Tom Dumoulin. No. And like, he just rips up to Pogacar like no one's business. And then he just kind of coasts back to the Peloton. Yeah. All he did was chase him down, like sit on his wheel for a second. And... Yeah. I was like, weirdest thing I've ever seen. And I was like... I honestly don't know who the Dutch were going for. Exactly. Aside from, like, I mean, Vanderpool wasn't there. So it, was he, he wasn't riding the race at all, was he? No, I don't think so. So I don't know who they were riding for. I honestly was like, this must be Jumbo Visma's like revenge for winning the Tour de France. It might be. Because it, I could not find any reason why Tom Dumont did that. Like, it's not like he attacked and they like formed a duo and like, you know, tried to get away. He just immediately sat up as soon as he caught up to him. Yeah. And let the Peloton catch him. It was so bizarre. But glad, glad to see Tom Dumont had a kick. He looked good for that 15 seconds. Yeah. But so it kind of just comes down to this final selection. Uh, there's a a climb coming up, and I think there's two kind of kickers on there. And the first group goes off. Uh, Nibali goes off. The, a few of uh, a really good attack. The Italian team was doing really well. I think they had Fausto Masnada up there, and, and he was doing well and uh, you know setting this up. I, and uh, Damiano Caruso was was also doing a good job setting it up. Yeah. And Nibali just kind of doesn't have it on on there and he said later that you know it wasn't for him i'm like you you just didn't have it but that that attack he did put in was good yeah it looked really strong i mean he was really gave it his all in that first section and uh when i think he saw that it didn't work he kind of sat up but it was a really good attack i mean it was very aggressive so um it was an exciting attack that's all i'm gonna say but you're the i'm a nibbly i hate nibbly but it was a cool, I love a good attack. I don't care yep. who it is. And that was a really good attack. He really tried. And then he just, what, Shockman came with him and yeah. a couple other guys. It and... kind of created that selection. So you have Shockman, you have Al Philippe, you have Hershey, uh, you have Wout. Uh, Stoneface Wout. Yeah. A couple other Rogue guys there. there. Yeah. And so that group goes. And then that second kind of kicker comes in and Al Philippe makes... A real attack. That's true. That, was <laughs> that good... one was, that one was awesome. Yeah. Wow, tried to follow it, and he just didn't quite have it to go, and and that's all. Philippe, all we wanted was you know go over the top solo. Well, you know my notes here. I put Nibali had a very aggressive attack, mm-hmm. and then later I put Al Philippe had a blazing attack. So you know I busted out to the source. I found a better adjective or verb right. or noun. I don't know, but adverb maybe. Who knows? Could be. Could be pronoun but anyway yeah great attack by Philippe. i mean you could tell he really wanted it oh yeah and um i was thinking i was surprised actually i knew he would crest the top first but i thought on the little descent and the roll into the finish i thought for sure there was like six good riders so it ended up being and it was only like 11 seconds when yeah. he went over the top exactly so you had i forget who was the the final group it was Wout Barnard. It was Hirschi. It was had, um, Primos. Primos, Kiyokoski. Oh, yeah. And then Fugelson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is an amazing group. I'm like, the, here's the problem. No one wants to really work because Wout Van Aert's going to kick their ass in the sprint. Yeah. But you're not going to have a chance to win the world championships if you don't work. It's it's watching a classic, and it's the worst way to to watch a classic And it, when it gets played out like that, when yeah. you're just like, you're really going to give up everything. Because honestly, world championships to me, it could be different if your Olympics, I think, is different. You know, if you have a silver medal in the Olympics, it's different. Yeah. But if you have world championship, there's only one person who wears that jersey. Yeah. So the rest of it, to me, doesn't matter. Yeah, cool. You get a you get a medal, you know. Now, granted, for mountain climbers and stuff, there's not a lot of mountain classics, you know, sort of uh, focused world championships. A lot of them are either sprinter classics or cobbled type, you know, those types of classics rides not climbing focused. So I still think it's important to be on the podium, but yeah, you're right. Like the Olympics are way more important as far as that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought uh, it was, that's the part I didn't like was 
they didn't catch him. I thought for I was like, even if Wout does all the work, he'll still win the sprint. But he didn't get enough help. I know a lot of people. What is your take on the Roglic? Uh, I don't know controversy. Do you think he actually had anything in the tank and he didn't work for Wout? Or I, I honestly, my opinion is he was just cooked. I think it was kind of weird that he was doing. It was weird in general that like people were lying because they said like Hershey was said like oh that like oh yeah we were all prepared to work and I'm like dude you you were missing turns first like yeah. he was pulling off and missing turns I I don't know what the thing of it was but they are not saying what was going on and actually in that group well I do know one thing Fugo Song did not have it because he was dropped like pretty early so he was already pretty done but yeah so it ended up just being those five. Fuglesong got dropped pretty quickly after the climb, or even during the climb. I can't even remember. But, yeah, at the end, they just let Alaphilippe go. Then they didn't work enough together to bring him back. I think the closest they got him back down to was, like, 11 or something from the 25. And after that, I mean, Alaphilippe really wanted it anyway. I mean, he looked like he was really... It would have been hard to catch him either way. I hadn't seen Alaphilippe suffer that much in a while. Like, usually when he wins, like, in the Tour de France stage, he's obviously working very hard. But this particular stage, his face was showing a lot more, like, hurt and pain to get to the finish. Yeah. So, I think it was just full commitment. Yeah. Unlike the, the group behind him. Yeah. I was going to say group behind classic Michael Matthews <laughs> winning the bunch sprint <laughs> in the group behind. Again, like, maybe just because it's a, it's probably just in the moment competitive thing when you've been working all day and you're like, all right, I'm going to get something out of this. And, I'm going to show these people. But I'm like, it's nothing. You know, you're like seventh or, you know, whatever. whatever like, who cares? Be, yeah. I just love that uh, Valverde was right behind him. <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, my takeaways from this, um, I think Philippe was right. You know, he said after the stage, um, possibly. I mean, I'm sure he said it before, but he did not want to go to a sprint finish with Wout. Oh, he would have lost for so, sure. He knew that if he was had any chance in his own mind to win, he had to break free on that last climb. And that's why he put such a blazing attack, as it were, and really committed because he knew Wout Van Aert is so strong in a sprint. And so he was right. But man, what an attack by him. I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the rainbow next season. I think he's a deserving winner. Oh, yeah. Like, that was... It's definitely one of the guys when it's just, you know, a, when is this going to happen? Yeah. Same thing with Wout. I mean, it's it's already, you know, first year, you're like, all right, when's he going to start winning everything? It's really tough, though, because these types of races are so unique that sometimes it just doesn't work out for you, you know? Or even like a Paris-Roubaix, like you get a puncture every, well, every yeah, year. But like, it, so it's like you expect them to win, but it's like they just might not either. Yeah, I mean, or you could just ride forever like Valverde and then <laughs> give it enough chances. Glad he won one. I would say the saddest thing here is Mads Pedersen. So they have these classics that got delayed yeah. because of COVID and everything. And they're going to happen after the World Championships and he's not allowed to wear his jersey. So in reality, Philippe's going to go to Liège, Bastogne-Liège, and he's going to wear rainbows twice at Liège. He's going to wear it this year and next season. I, I just, that doesn't feel good to me. Eh, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. It is to me, man. Like, if I was in Rainbow Jersey, like, that's part of the enjoyment is in, like, these big, high-profile races. Like, you get to be in rainbows. Like, that's important. And Especially so, when it's, I, I get it, like, it's in the classics where it's, like, that's your time to shine. You know, he was in a domestique. Like, he was wearing it as a domestique in the tour. Great. But yeah. it's, like, it's not quite the same. Yeah, so I'm a little bummed for him. I think they should have made a small rule change, and I don't think anyone would have been upset. Like, you know, you can't wear it until... You know, next season or something yeah i just the way it's set up where usually the world championships is at the end of the year and so all the races had already happened and so it should have carried over where he only could wear it during 2021 so it is what it is uh the other thing i want to talk about was fuglesong you know he obviously faded at the end of that race but i don't think he was i mean obviously if he could win he was going to try but i think he knew he wasn't and but he used it as very good training going into the giro yeah that's that's my theory could do well well let's get on to some previews Flesh Wallone is uh, Wednesday, I think. Yep. So that'll be exciting. Um, classic, man. I'm ready. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, El Philippe dropped out of this one I just saw today. I don't blame him. I was like, take a break, relax. They got to make up that jersey, too, so. It's true. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's smart. He's going to be, he's really tired. He wants to celebrate this win a little bit, let it sink in. Um, you know, going to race on a Wednesday is, is let's quit turnaround. And yeah. I'm sure he's going to be partying for a day or two, so he's just not going to be ready. But as far as who's going to be there, who, who do we have for contenders? Yeah, so uh, through a few people together here, I have uh, Cavagna, Costa, Pojicar, uh, Gorky Arizagiri, Wellens, Camna, uh, Port, Hershey, Landa, Kuss, Dumoulin, Kiewitkowski, and Danny Martinez is kind of who I was looking at. Half that are all going to be on Ineos roster next year, right? <laughs> uh, not far off. No, um, yeah, I think, so what Flesh Malone, you know, we're getting kind of into more of these climb-focused classics. I forget the name of them. Uh, like the Ard, yeah. Yeah, the Ardennes classics. So there's a lot more hills and the ends on some steep climbs, so... I'm excited. I, I'm going to watch probably highlights at work. I'll probably watch the last 30K or whatever at lunch. So who am I going to pick? I'm going to go Hirschi. I mean, he is the man on form for it. So I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, I think he looked really good. I mean, he took his Tour de France form. He looked really good in the road race. Oh, yeah. Pretty impressive. I mean, this kid, you know, relatively new. I mean, he's been around for a little bit, but... You know, he's still in his first few seasons as a pro and looking really consistent, actually. So I got to, I think he's going to be around for for the next few seasons for sure. Yeah. Landa uh, also looked really good in the, in the road race. Oh, I got to give him some credit there. I mean, it would be amazing if Kuss won, but yeah. I'm thinking Cavagna. Really? I think he's, I mean, he looked good in the tour. Like he was going off solo. Alaphilippe's not here, so he's going to have kind of a team, I think, a little more built around him. Yeah. I think they're, uh, what's his name, uh, Bob Youngles is here too, so I, I don't think he'll, I think is going to go in as kind of the, as the guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think there are some people here on this list, like Kibukovsky or, I mean, he did win a stage in the tour, but I think he wants a little bit of something. Uh, he's looking really good I could right see now. that too, yeah. Um, Pogacar. The guy is just on some incredible form. Port, I don't think he has a chance. Landa, I just don't think he has it either. These are two hard of races. They're on all the time, and I don't think he has it. Tom Dom, he definitely has it. We'll see. But yeah, I think I'm thinking here she and you're uh, you're going Cavani, right? Yep. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, I'm really glad that classics are starting. It's so weird to have them kind of so late, and then also going to be at the same time as Giro, and so your boy is going to be there instead. But yeah, I think it'll be. Interesting. I just don't know how it's going to play out. So, yeah, I'd say though. I mean, the one thing is usually you know, we said before. It's like the World Championships ends the season. It's like you got that, and you're like, oh, there's still so much more. So it's, it's yeah. cool in that regard. Yeah. Well, let's get on to Liège. We got. Uh, let's see. These are the contenders. Uh, Valverde, always a contender. Gilbert, GBA, Dan Martin, Rui Costa, Michael Kiyokoski, Al Philippe will be there. Roglic, Tim Wellens, Pogacar. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys do really well here. Um, yeah, it's a similar set of riders, and a lot of the a lot of them are riding both these races too. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one is always this is a, a monument. You know, it'll be exciting. Two hundred fifty-seven k ends on a nice climb. Got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven little mirrors or whatever or coats. Um, yeah, I just, dude, I love classics. It's fun. It's an all or nothing. It's one day race. Yeah. I love them. These are everyone's favorites, I'm sure, but... Who are you going for? You go first this time. I'm going Al Philippe, dude. I'm going to... He's going to go shred his stuff in the New Jersey. Fair enough. That's a good pick. Man. What if Valverde beat him, dude? <laughs> Valverde's in some decent form. He's always in decent form. I mean, he won a sprint. So yeah. He got second in a sprint anyway. Um, who am I going to pick? I'm going to pick... Um, I'm going to pick Roglic, yeah. All right. I think he needs something. Yeah. If he I, doesn't win flesh, I think he'll win Liege. And I don't know. Cause I, that was another thing where it was uh, about not helping while it was just like that his head's not in the game. Yeah, I think he's a little shaken. But I, I honestly, I, I kind of believe him. I think he's just kind of worn out. You know? it could, I mean, Like he totally. prepared all year for the Tour de France and then you lose on the last day. Your motivation has got to be gone. Yeah. I don't know. 
Speaking of motivation gone, we got the Giro here with Sagan. <laughs> Dude. I don't even know if he was in the world championships. If he was, I don't think he, he was wonder, absent. I don't even know how many. He didn't win any races last year, so it's not like he got any points. You know, he got the green jersey or whatever. I mean, I think they would still. I think he'd get one slot. One or two slots. But maybe he just gave it to his uh, younger brother. <laughs> the good brother. Yeah. Um, yeah, Giro. That starts on Saturday already, man. It's yeah. happening. Yeah, but we'll go through a few of the main contenders and the sprinters here. Yeah. So main guys, we're kind of looking at Fulsong, Yates, Thomas, Campenarts, Kreuzvik, uh, Nibali. We have McNulty in here. <laughs> but, and, well, uh, looking at the UAE team, I didn't see anybody. Yeah. So. And Kelderman. Why not let McNulty have a shot, you know? Yeah, Nothing I mean, I just don't, I don't think he's going to be on the same level as, like, Thomas or something like that. No, but I think it's a good opportunity just to see the way this, there's not a lot of talent here, in my opinion, so I I fully expect Manolci to come through. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a, it's a lower tier, for sure. And just the way everyone went to the tour, it's three weeks later, there's a world, I mean. Well, they built those tour teams just, like, super teams. Everybody who went for it really went for it. Yeah, but yeah so... I don't know. I think I'm still picking Fuglesong. It's pretty stupid at this point. I might have to back off of that. Uh, I actually was thinking today that Chryswick might actually be a surprise pick because he got third in the tour last year and then he crashed out in the Dauphiné. And so I think he has a kind of a chip on his shoulder a little bit right now. And, and the Giro is, is a pretty good race. So I think it's going to be Thomas. Thomas looks really good right now. I think he's I motivated. He looks really good. Yeah, because there's not a, like, to, to me, who's going to podium this thing? Thomas, Kreiswijk. And Yates, I are think. Are probably the podium, in yeah. my opinion. So, Yates does have some unfinished business, but the dude cannot freaking time trial. Now, I think he can climb better than Grant can. So, we'll see. Yeah, it could be one, actually, where they attack somebody and drop them to gain time on the mountains. But I'm still going to pick Fugelsong here. I want that guy to be All right. So uh, for sprinters, uh, Viviani, Sagan, Damar, Hodge, uh, Barbier, Matthews, and Gaviria. Yeah, it's pretty much the who's who of, like, second-tier sprinters. Um, There's Damar's some good names in there. had a pretty good season so far. Yeah. But everyone else is... Gaviria, I mean, as well. Viviani hasn't had anything going on. I think Gaviria and Damar are going to be, and maybe Hodge, are, are going to be the the top three sprinters here. Well, I think it's even keel enough here. Damar is the clear favorite. Yeah. But everyone else, everyone's in that same rough pack, in my opinion. You don't have someone who's, like, clearly the best sprinter. You know, yeah. we're like Caleb Ewan or Sam Bennett and then everyone else. You know, like, yeah. I think we're going to see a good spread of, of winners here. I think even Sagan might win it here. I think he might. I'd hope so. With this with this sprint. <laughs> I gotta hope something. With with how many people have showed up to this thing, he has no choice. Well, let's get into stage one, man. Weird, uh, weird time trial. A weird prologue. So prologue, pretty normal. Fifteen k. I don't understand this profile whatsoever. Yeah, it so it, it kind of kicks off on a pretty mild cat four. I think it says like four and a half percent or so. But it only and, looks like it's one k. Yeah, and then it and then it immediate pretty sharp downhill. And in looking at the the course, there was it could be technical, um, it, hard to tell from the map, but it looks like there is a couple switchbacks on there. Uh, and then after a little ways, it it's a straight shot out. So I think if you can get out of that technical area and over that climb, you're pretty good. But you got to be just bombing downhill because it it looks fairly steep and consistent where if you're a big rider i think that's who's you know make that quick punch over and then all you know all out all the way down yeah yeah so the first climb 1.1k and then it's almost like he said downhill the whole way you know the next 2k are steep and then it tails off and like it's almost downhill it makes no sense i think there's four or five k of kind of rolling slight slight rolling just the weirdest profile I've ever seen on the time trial, I think. So who are you going for? <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly, I have no idea who to pick for this. Um, I don't even know who's really showing up to this. I don't know what the time gaps are going to be. Is someone going to crash? Like, 
it just seems like it's just a recipe for disaster. But yeah, I would have to think just you know based on recent form that uh, Campanarts, uh, Thomas, uh, I think Rowan Dennis is here. Oh, Philippa Ghana's here. I'm gonna. Go oh, Ghana's here. I'm gonna go with Ghana. Oh, I didn't know he was here. <laughs> yeah, I just went. I'm going Ghana too. Nope, you can't. I already picked him. That's ridiculous. All right, fine. You can pick Ghana. I mean, come on. Yeah. Who else? It's like, like um, who's supporting Christ with anything? So, Tony Martin? That's about it. Toll Hook? Yeah, that's... Well, I take it back. Christwick might not get a podium with that support. I was going to say, the Ineos team looks pretty good. You got yeah. Dunbar is pretty good. Ghana's going to be perfect on the flats. You have uh, Gegenhart. Is going to be for the mountains, yeah. I, I think. You know. Yeah, Dennis, Ghana, uh, Ben Swift there on the captain role, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's a, this is the weirdest profile. I, honestly, I don't even know what to expect for time gaps on a descent. Uh, I know who's not going to win. Who's that? Uh, Ilnar Zakarin. <laughs> that guy's going to be losing a lot of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a weird one. Well, let's get on to stage two. So this one... Such a weird, you know, we talked about this earlier in the, in the podcast uh, a couple weeks back or something, but what a weird start to a tour. It's very like the Tour de France where you had a couple climb stages, mm-hmm. but the Giro in particular, stage three, I think, is like on Mount Etna or something. Um, but yeah, stage two, they, it's not a very long course. It's 150K, but it ends on a climb. Um, it's sort of a classic yeah, because it looks like the climb ends on a cat four, uh, and the average was about I think five percent or so, five point three. So it, yep. it looks it looks like a, a lighter classics guy could do it. Maybe Sagan. Uh, well, you get to pick first. Uh, I I wouldn't pick Sagan, but by all means, it's going to be one of his probably earlier chances to uh, get in the pink. Hmm. I mean, not that I'm going to do this on our, uh, on our uh, side game here, but I'll go yeah. Sagan. All right. Um, well, I think that's a good pick. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to win, but it's an opportunity for him to get into pink. And the climb isn't that difficult, so I could definitely see him being in contention. So um, not a bad pick. I would love for Michael Matthews to beat him. That would be pretty glorious. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, we're going to see somebody try to get in pink I don't know, man. Like it could, it's just not that hard of a climb. I'm gonna have to pick. Tony Martin is not going for it. <laughs> um, dude, I'm gonna go. I'll go McNulty. No, just kidding. I'm gonna. Go I was Mike. like, you're out of your mind. I'm gonna go Michael Matthews. I think Michael Matthews is gonna try to compete with Sagan on this thing. You know, he has a he has a he has something to prove. He's always been in Sagan's shadow. I and think it makes sense. It's the best time when Sagan looks like crap to try to beat him. Yeah, they're like, that he's like I'm it. great. I beat him. Yeah. Not not even in uh, Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. So yeah, that's that. That's Saturday and Sunday. Um, we'll cover the next ones the next week. Kind of like the Tour de France, kind of a weird way to go about it, but I'm excited, man. We've talked about it before. The Giro is probably the best visually coolest tour to watch. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Italy is gorgeous. We hit the mountains and the snow, and they're already saying like that the snow's already up there. Like it's. Uh, I read Reddit as well, and they said that there's less snow during this time of year than there is in April and May when the Giro normally is. So mm. they're just going to get it plowed, but it's going to be cold. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I wonder how many stages are going to get shortened or canceled because of weather you know not even just here but in the Vuelta, the Vuelta well. yeah because I think um I think the Vuelta is doing the Tourmalet yeah maybe so, that's what I was looking at yeah so anyway it's just kind of interesting uh we'll see how that goes we're in Sicily right now so I don't expect any problems but no. as the as the Giro kind of develops its way north I think we're going to see some weather impact on this and the Vuelta for sure but I'm excited. I love the Giro. I usually like it because it's like April. It's still kind of chilly in the morning. I'll get up. I'll have a coffee. Watch a race, you know. And, well, I'm swapping it for October. Yeah, not this year. Maybe the Vuelta we can do that and it'll be actually nice out. 
Yeah, totally unrelated, but I was thinking every time it's cold out in the morning, I just want to watch like Twin Peaks and have some coffee. Oh, <laughs> dude, I remember that. That was fantastic. Dude, just I'd open up my front door. It's chilly. I got the Twin Peaks theme playing on the at the beginning of the show. Uh, that's what crisp mornings with coffee always remind me of Twin Peaks. For sure. Well, all right, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, we're going to recap all the uh, the two classics and the, the two stages of the Giro, kind of see how we all developed and, and, and went. And we'll see uh, if Alaphilippe can win his first race in the rainbow. And we'll see Sagan in pink. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you next week. See you.